The framework of business is completely different in the new normal. To explore culture as the strategy, we have to look in places we haven't before. Looking into company culture from the C-suite to employees and from Fortune 500 to startups. It's time to understand the human side of company culture and the new shape it is taking. This is the conversation on Culture Factor 2.0, and I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Hi, I wanted to share something with my community. When I started podcasting, I had zero experience, and over the past year, Culture Factor has grown. I wanted to replicate the success and create other podcasts, so I went about creating a step-by-step book that I could use again when the time came. But then I realized it should be for everyone because maybe you want to start a podcast for personal reasons or professional ones. The book is Zero to Podcast, and like the name, it's designed to help you go from your idea to iTunes. There are 12 easy-to-follow chapters. You can make it a reality in a short time frame and with little or no money, and it is for the technically challenged as well as the technically proficient with zero podcasting knowledge. It is coming to Amazon this January, and I hope you'll start your journey soon with Zero to Podcast and me, Holly Shannon. Peter Grassi is a 20-year veteran in the talent acquisition and HR space. A graduate of Santa Clara University, he began his career in computer graphics, working at animation studios, including DreamWorks. He has a long history recruiting in games and spent many years at Electronic Arts and more recently at mobile game company Zynga. At Zynga, he led HR for an organization of over 350 employees in addition to leading recruiting teams. More recently, he has been at FAST as Director of Talent Acquisition. He met, actually, um, the co-founder, Dom Holland, on LinkedIn. Um, Dom Holland and Allison Bar Allen are the co-founders of Fast. They are a one-click checkout for the entire internet, password-free, which I absolutely love this concept. So that's why I have Peter here today, and I'd like to welcome him to the Culture Factor. Hello, Peter. Hello, Holly. Thank you so much for having me here. Looking forward to discussing today with you. Excellent. So I want to just go back a little bit. So you guys met on LinkedIn. Um, I actually found you both, you and Dom, um, corresponding with each other on on Twitter, which right. has been a really fun social media platform. Um, so that being said, Fast has been started um, in its own unique way. Um, like again, you guys meeting on LinkedIn and and I think probably a lot of hiring happening through that platform. Right. So basically, Fast started with no playbook. Um, you're And you're now working with all of your different departments like marketing and HR and engineering to try and create some sort of playbook for fast and to establish those values. Um, So how are you doing that? Um, And what are the stakes in the ground that you are creating? Yeah, great question. So, uh, you know, I could share with you that uh, part of the answer lies within how we've uh, brought on uh, senior talent into the company. We, we deliberately set up about to find uh, leaders in each of these different uh, discipline areas, as you indicated, whether it's uh, sales and marketing, uh, even on the comm side, uh, talent, of course, where I am in, uh, and engineering that have seen and done things at scale in, in prior uh, career lives uh, is really um, something we deliberately set about to do early on. 
at, at the company. So we brought in individuals that were experts in their particular field uh, that had seen things uh, at scale and preferably had been through some moments of high growth, um, you know, sort of acceleration in the tech space. Uh, so um, while while we didn't have, let's say, the uh, fast playbook uh, immediately identified in terms of some of these uh, internal practices, not talking about the business, but just in terms of how things are organized internally and how we uh, get work conducted, everyone really kind of came in with an idea of what great looked like. Uh, and then we needed to right shape that for what made sense for fast and the, the company that that we are. Uh, because as you know, uh, sometimes those experiments in the in the past have different results. Uh, and so coming into FAST with an open mind, knowing in the past what has worked out at companies at scale, for example, I was at Zynga that went from time I was there from uh, about 150 employees to over 1,500 uh, in a pretty accelerated period of time. Uh, I had an idea of some things that worked in staffing and some things that didn't. Uh, so we had to come in with uh, an, an open mind uh, to do things a little bit differently uh, in the moment and the world that we're in today. I must be really liberating, actually. I think about as somebody coming into a company where there are no ground rules in place. It's not, um, here's the C-suite strategy, mission, and value, values. You're sort of coming in as the HR, you know, um, mind and ears and having had boots on the ground. And then you're collaborating with all of these different departments that, you know, you all operate differently, you know, uh, a, the experience you brought to the table and B like how you operate in a company. So that must've been very liberating. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's also something very compelling that uh, we offer here as well as in, in some respects, startups in general, uh, but I think here particularly so because the company is is so uh, relatively new and young, uh, even though the space that we've entered it, it, is mature, um, being the payments area. So I think that's a very uh, compelling opportunity for individuals that are enterprising or have an entrepreneurial spirit uh, is at FAST, whether you come into the engineering ranks or product design or sales and marketing or operations, for example, you're coming in and really doing formative work, right? You're not coming in where there's already, uh, let's say, like a depth chart of management and, and layers of approvals and committees. Uh, we're asking folks to come in, join, be a part of a team effort to get there, but also lay some best practices down uh, and some fundamental work to define a function and a vertical. Uh, you know, we hired um, a head of product design. Uh, that came in and established a lot of excellent practices around how uh, product design works within this kind of an org. Uh, we did the same in product management and in engineering and then in my area as well. So I think that's actually really um, appetizing uh, for individuals that have probably been at larger companies that have been part of massive teams uh, that maybe were a number two or a number three in, in terms of how things are run in those orgs and come in here and be a one. Uh, that's, I, I think, really appealing uh, to, to a lot of individuals. So that's something that drew me in, and I think others as well. Yeah, it's refreshing, actually. 
Um, and, and I think so relevant. I think a lot of companies are going to be popping up if they haven't already in 2020 because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And so understanding that um, you can approach this differently. You don't have to start with, you know, the company mission and the playbook and this is how we do it here. Right. Um, that being all said, um, you know, I, I don't want to completely bash um, experience because, you know, obviously you're coming to the table with that. So right. um, as you look at this rapidly scaling company fast and you're, you're now boots on the ground in there, from the lens of HR and your experience in more classically structured companies, mm-hmm. how... How do you make that jump um, when there's no real infrastructure when you come in and it's already scaling? Has there been any, you know, like how have you handled that? Yeah, so um, I, I think that's a really good call out because what what's really interesting about these these kinds of dynamics is that you find yourself, uh, whether it's my role or others, uh, doing this really interesting blend of hands-on practical work that's somewhat executional based, because at the end of the day, we do need to staff and fill spots. And at the same time, you, you've got to uh, sort of keep keep your eyes on what are sort of broader programs and initiatives that can be launched early on that we can build piece by piece, right? So some some of these programs take uh, time to um, build and roll out to the employee set. Uh, sometimes that's software, whether that's uh, sort of um, HR administrative tools that can deliver learning and development or performance reviews and things of that variety. I, th- I think what's been really interesting about this process is that we have built it uh, somewhat like a Lego set, uh, which is really piece by piece. So for example, uh, when I first interviewed uh, at Fast, I wouldn't call it a, a traditional interview, and that's what was really refreshing about it. I came in, I met the founders, we spoke for an hour, hour and a half about uh, what the company was doing and where they needed help and how I could possibly uh, add value to what they're doing. And we aligned around that, and I got going uh, quickly after that. Uh, and then uh, same with how we initially did a lot of the interviewing. This is uh, pre-COVID. I had this little window of time uh, where I joined. I was in that moment. Uh, and we were bringing engineers just to come in and meet the founders. They walk through, look at the facility. Um, they would uh, meet different individuals in an ad hoc way early on. It was very high touch. It was fun. Uh, but there was no structure to it, to your point. Um, but it made sense for the moment that we're in with eight to 12 people. Uh, you don't want to formalize uh, too quickly and sort of tighten up uh, what can be a really interesting vibe. Uh, and then, you know, to my analogy about building piece by piece, that's when we started putting in fundamental measures uh, to take candidates through what would be considered um you know, an elegant, well-designed interview process with different rounds and different competencies and different interviewers and panels and using tools and collaboration methods to get to different signals. We built those over over the months. Um, And I think the same can be said on the uh, HR side as well, that we knew that there would be programs and initiatives that employees are familiar with uh, and have come to... Um, experience in prior careers. Typically, these are annual reviews and things of that nature and variety. 
again, we started to take this incremental approach of what is the best software to deliver it? What is the philosophy? Uh, we led a, a company-wide initiative to define the internal values. All those things were, I would say, informative in terms of how these programs eventually would be delivered. Uh, so we would know what kind of underlying belief system or, or values would be tied to it. So it's really, I guess, to summarize, a blend of the day-to-day -day, uh, sort of the operational aspects of doing the work and then keeping, uh, you know, presence about building these other programs uh, near as well. So it's interesting that you said it was a company-wide initiative to build on values. Um, so this podcast is all about company culture. So I'm going to say, were you able to mine out um, a secret sauce or um, some sort of um, North Star for the company? What, what does company culture look like at Fast? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great question. I think what's interesting about the experience having uh, gone through it as a, as a participant, essentially, and not as a driver, um, I, I thought was really great. It really had a collaborative spirit to it. I know in the past... Uh, what I've typically experienced is uh, values are, are typically uh, determined by the people ops team uh, somewhat in, in, in a silo uh, to get through those exercises can take weeks and weeks and months. And then they, uh, a draft is, is kind of passed through a comms team and the, the CEO looks at it and it's rolled out to the employees who, you know, often see it for the first time in a slide at an all hands. Uh, which, which is fine when you're doing things with thousands of employees, but given uh, how new and young Fast is as a company, uh, we wanted to bring in all the voices uh, of the employee set to get into a conversation about what the values should be and what the working beliefs are. Uh, and that was really done uh, in a very practical and straightforward manner, uh, wherein we had a series of meetings uh, and I would call them brainstorming. Uh, everyone sort of came into those sessions prepared with some notes and ideas about what they thought uh, might be engaging for FAST and to think about. And all that work was synthesized into a set of values that ultimately um, the founders shared in, on social media in a very transparent and open way. So I think that was unusual. That's not typically how uh, company values are arrived at. Um, and I think it's really indicative of the the company that we are, it's really kind of doing things that make sense for our identity and with the um, consensus and participation of everyone here. That is truly unique. Uh, that, that whole process of determining values and mission. I, I think it's so interesting. And I, what I love is that it, it was Dom who posted it on Twitter, I'm assuming um, the, the value system and went very transparent with it. it it's, um, again, I'm reusing the word refreshing, but it really is. Um, it also sounds like you are very, um, not just customer centric in terms of what your product is, but you're also employee centric. Mm -hmm. And, um, it sort of brings me to the conundrum that I think a lot of companies are, are running into your, your head in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's a city, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We don't have vaccines yet, although they're coming down the pike. Right. Um, how, how are your employees communicating to you about 
the future of their return? Um, what are they demanding of fast or not demanding? And um, are you are they more interested in even returning or preferring to stay remote? And um, so that would obviously bring me to that last piece of this question. Right. Um, would you be open to restructuring as a permanently virtual company or is that not, um, something that works for fast? Yeah, I think this is like a really fascinating area. One, because, um, it's something that, um, you know, everyone's really confronted in real time with, with no, uh, ability to sort of prep and prepare for what some potential, you know, different outcomes could be in these working arrangements. It was thrust upon us. Uh, and so we immediately kind of went into a mode where we were working virtually. Uh, but I think what's interesting about that and, and how the company confronted this issue is we very quickly and early on uh, define how we would be as a company with respect to remote work on a permanent basis uh, with the fast flex policy. And I'll, I'll dive in a, a slightly about that and sort of what that has meant in terms of what I'm seeing from employees right now and others and even candidates are telling us. It's very interesting. Um, so we came out early and said we have a permanent measure in place. It's something we're embracing uh, beyond scope of where the pandemic uh, ends and so on, that all our employees can work uh, anywhere around the globe uh, and contribute and do you know meaningful and some of the best work of their careers. And what's fascinating about that, that means that can be multiple locations and different uh, sets of variety. So for example, when the office was open, I would go into the office two days and then on a Wednesday work from home and a Thursday go in and split that up and do a lot of variety. A lot of our employees also are working in different locations uh, during the pandemic as suits their their needs. So that's been really interesting and a, a, a kind of a fabulous uh, real-time experiment to see where that nets out, ultimately you want to have a, a very engaged um, population of employees that stay with us uh, for for quite a number of years. So I think having this type of flexibility is really resonating. It's really giving choice back to the employees, uh, wherein they will determine uh, the location where they feel they could do the best work. And that's been a really great uh, experiment that that I would say ha has proved out in, in terms of the feedback we're getting internally. And we support it with the resources and the technology for the employees to be productive. And then that, that other piece of where, where that brings us to now, <clears throat> I would say it opens up the doors uh, to us finding and attracting really the, the best talent wherever they may reside. Um, I think working from home and remote work in the past, uh, from what I've experienced and seen, was something that required forms and approvals uh, and usually manager sign off and it, it corresponded to typically a company policy about remote work. Uh, and we haven't left that proposition dangling, whereas uh, I make that point because in some samples, I, I do see this open question of whether or not employees will return to a physical location once the ability there is provided, uh, particularly with all the office space here in San Francisco, it's built out with a lot of infrastructure to have people show up somewhere for work. Uh, we do have a wonderful facility uh, on 9th Street in the Soma area of San Francisco, uh, which I somewhat describe as future looking to be some sort of very high-end 
uh, we work, if you will. Uh, and then when things really relax and, and hopefully get past where we're at in this pandemic, it will be a, a highly functioning, fully outfitted um, location where employees can come in uh, and have access to all the on-site amenities. Or simply put, they want to replicate that and have it at home. We'll provide that as well so they can be productive. So that's that's a little bit of where it's going. Uh, but I get that question a lot from candidates, and I think they're relieved to hear that we support uh, remote work, not as uh, one-offs and outliers, but really as practice and something that's supported. So hopefully that answers a little bit of what you wanted to explore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's interesting, though, um, that they're being so vocal about it. And I, I love that. It, I think it sort of rings true to the untraditional format in which you've hired um, and how you communicate. Um, and um, I know it's been untraditional for you. Um, I, I believe in a previous conversation, you and I had talked about accessibility and um, and how that's been a part of your framework for the business from the very beginning. So um, maybe you could share with the listeners how social media and Twitter and you know other platforms, say like LinkedIn, are working for you as a management team. Yeah, I think that's been really at least something that I found to be really fascinating about uh, how Fast operated from the very beginning, and my interactions with with the two founders were, were really eye-opening uh, because they, are, they were already uh, very active uh, on social media uh, early on with, with pretty sizable followings uh, on Twitter, for example. And I think uh, typically what I've witnessed is um, leadership is somewhat found behind a, a moat, right? Uh, or, or a wall or a barrier from those potentially interested in a dialogue uh, and a lot of apparatus and process uh, to get there, to get to the leadership set, uh, whether that are, is, um, you know, uh, software or, um, you know, email aliases or uh, other individuals that, that sort of gate leadership. Not the case here. Social media really obliterates all that. Uh, and allows you immediately to communicate via direct message on Twitter uh, with with either Allison or Dom or myself or or other uh, folks at the company are also on Twitter. I've really used Twitter amazingly. I've I've never seen this before in recruiting in my entire career. It, it, my my peers think it's wild too. It's like this sort of alternative applicant tracking system. Uh, it's really a way to engage with. Um, potential candidates or people that are interested and inspired by the story of FAST and want to hear more and learn about what we're doing and want to engage in what I would consider a lo-fi way, meaning it's very immediate. Uh, there isn't this, let's set up time to meet, what's your email, I'm available on these dates and sending invites in a formal manner that can happen. Uh, Twitter, uh, I'm interacting with candidates all around the world at all times of the day uh, directly. Uh, no filters, nothing in the way of these conversations. So I think it's been really fascinating. Uh, Dom and Allison both put out a lot of content, uh, a lot of calls to action with respect to candidates that respond. Uh, we've recently hired uh, someone in a senior design capacity that came directly out of 
a, a Twitter exchange in addition to quite a few engineers as well. So it's been just really fascinating. It kind of blows my mind a little bit to just see the direction that social media has taken to like break down all of those silos and break down all of the walls that are in the traditional methodology of applying for a job, you know, like, and especially you and HR have probably seen it for years, you know, maybe it started off with people mailing (laughs) um, in resumes and, and then, you know, everything was online um, and, and it was coming into your virtual desk. And then there was a whole bunch of algorithms fed into the system to help you parse out things. And now it's just basically people um, shooting you a message in Twitter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's remarkable. And what's kind of cool about it, there's just no, there's no playbook. It's like, kind of like a video game with no manual. Uh, you just go in and you start experimenting and find a voice and, and a, a way that works for the individual. There, there, there is no right way or wrong way to use uh, social media other than probably a good way is to utilize it. So I've really kind of experimented. Uh, I've learned along the way. I found out that that some types of content can resonate in kind of a fun and entertaining way. Uh, and I put out a, a series of videos really in a lighthearted tone just to have fun uh, and to meet people uh, that want to explore uh, who we are. Uh, so it's just been really wild and I just haven't I haven't really seen that before and I think it's underutilized generally speaking uh, in, in the talent acquisition space. I think there's some fear uh, potentially of, of putting oneself out there and having to deal with lots of volume but I I, I love it I know the founders love it. Uh, we, we try to talk to everyone uh, and it's just it's just been really kind of a, a supportive really interesting ecosystem. Uh, that's that's accessible to anyone that has uh, internet connection and can get on and, and set up an account. I think it's really cool. Um, I, I like that you guys are just untraditional in every way possible. <laughs> I, I think it, it's um, interesting to have a startup, you know, just take a completely different turn from what everybody anticipated and, and be successful in, in the process. Um, I know you guys have been featured in some different publications, so that's uh, that's really amazing. This is so great, Peter. Um, I, I'm going to um, include your uh, Twitter <laughs> handles um, in the show notes, but before okay. we jump off, I just want to um, ask you two sideline questions because okay. I, you know I've seen some of your videos, so I know you're a pretty lighthearted guy. Um, can you give us a piece of trivia about Pete, uh, Peter that people don't know about? Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, sure. That's a fun question. Uh, I originally wanted to be uh, an actor. So I, I have a degree in theater arts from uh, Santa Clara university and uh, started off at, at Fordham. Uh, initially I was in a variety of small shows in uh, my fledging acting career really got started as an extra uh, I was in a, a film called Getting Even With Dad with Macaulay Culkin. Uh, I didn't have any speaking parts. And then I got into production work uh, later and worked on the set of Interview with the Vampire and some other movies. Uh, and then I, you know, somehow found my way into doing this tech recruiting. So that's a little back history trivia about myself. I love that. Um, and probably the most relevant question, because you work at Fast, how many passwords do you think you have? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, quite a few. Uh, and I keep them on, I actually keep them on a sheet of paper, if you can believe that. I mean, it sounds so archaic, you know, it's like kind of keeping a, a, a cheat card in your back pocket. There's probably 40 different passwords that I've got in there on, on a sheet on a sheet of paper. Uh, so uh, personally, uh, I, I can't wait for my f- favorite stores to get the fast button uh, and somewhere already um, have it installed. Do you love how I planted that last question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's kind of great, but I think that's kind of what's really neat about fast. It's 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 really uh, something that uh, appeals to, uh, I think, a lot of individuals that shop online. Um, so it's really kind of easy to present what it is we're doing. Uh, and then, which by the way, is the whole free world right now is shopping online, but go ahead. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's been, it's certainly happened a lot, right. Over the last uh, six months. Yeah. So Peter, thank you so much for coming on culture factor. This was really great. Thanks so much, Holly. It's, it's, it's a privilege to, to be on your program. Um, and I'm truly honored that, um, we've had this conversation. So thank you so much. Excellent. Well, we'll be sharing this with the world and definitely on Twitter. So. <laughs>